Welcome to The Best Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Bradley H. Werrell, and we're here to explore options and potentials to help us grow as individuals and as a community with one another in these difficult times and challenging times. We're exploring all manner of potentials related to the human experience, physical, psychological, medical, spiritual. It's a wonderful opportunity that we now experience in this critical phase of our human evolution. And I welcome you to join us in our podcast, become more aware and identify with people who are helpful and supportive of you in your efforts as a human being on this planet and elsewhere too. We're going to be meeting people who are doing things that are widely variant from what is so-called normal within our society. In the creative space, within the social space, our common purpose, seeking to generate positive potentials to improve the lives of everyone in our sphere of influence and to expand that sphere of influence so that we may positively influence others that are not yet engaged directly with us. That's the goal here. We will learn more about each other as we go. I wish you the very best. Thank you very much for tuning in. So we're having another episode of the Best Medicine Podcast. We have with us today, Tom Delonzo Baker, excuse me, we'll say it again. We have with us today, Tom Delonzo Baker, a physical therapist who's got a wonderful school of thought. I, is that a proper way to say it, Tom? Yeah, absolutely. It's a methodology that everybody should know and can know, and it's really simple, and it's called total motion release. All right, and I'm recommending it, and we'll learn more about it in just a moment. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? So you just work all day and then come, come out and do these, huh? I don't know. My, my um, schedule is kind of mad. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm trying to rectify it in my own mind at this time. The, <laughs> I generally start doing online service work about 4 a.m. And then um, I may meet someone about for a meeting in the morning and then begin the clinical duties and then get done early afternoon. And then, you know, things just start getting weird after that. Wait, when you say you do online what for online medical services? Wow, which means what? Oh, I do. I treat minor, yeah, um, simple things with telemedicine. All over, I have licenses all over the place. Oh, no kidding! Wow. So you're where are you stationed? Where are you located right now? I'm in Globe, Arizona. Okay, Arizona. Okay. So you're starting East Coast time then. Pretty much, it's like yeah, the, they're they're starting to get running. About it doesn't really pick up real until about eight your time. Wow, it's kind of interesting to talk to people all over the country and see what the weather is and just yeah. that. That's like it. That's pretty cool. Do you have a brick and mortar also? Yes, and that that um that's the uh, you know I stay there. It's about a six or seven hour stint in the office there. And what kind of medicine? It's, um, I'm a family practice doctor, but generally practice um, internal medicine. Okay. That we don't do kids too much. So how did you run into Day Gold? That is a funny story. Just like I, um, I've been working with um, John Jaffray and John introduced me to him. 
Dave, Dave knows a ton of people. It's kind, it's kind of, it's an interesting, it's like a um, matchmaker service that they run. It's kind of like, yeah, it's, it's, like, oh, it's like an operator or something, you know? John might've been the guy that gave, I saw a whole list of people that they were connecting Dave to and stuff like that. And I go, well, right. Pretty amazing people. So. Yes. I mean, I'm impressed by the, the, um, you know, the different, you know, just an amazing wide variety of people who are uh, interested in doing things that are of public benefit. I'd like that. Yeah, I do too. And it, it's, there's a lot more of us out there and it's nice that we have the internet to try to get, bring us together. And most of us are pretty, try to be pretty balanced and forth, forthcoming and, and what we, and how much we give and stuff. And so um, I, I enjoy it. So I've been an online guy for, since 2008, maybe. Good for you, man. Yeah. That's early adaptive. Yeah. And then I, I totally went online in 2011, pretty much for my seminars that could go online. I still have live ones too. Uh, yeah. Other stuff that I do, but before I was trying to make the internet catch up with me because I've got to be able to show people this. And before I used to raise my arm and it took 20 minutes before you could see me raise my right. arm. You know, right. Now I, I did some um, online um, is osteopathic manipulative medicine. Uh, it's not, it was, wasn't streaming. It was videos though. And it was about 2006, we started doing that. And it was like, there was going to be, uh, it was a CD-ROM of it, you know, and it's just, yeah. But it's, it, it's amazing how much the technology has changed in that brief period. I, I couldn't be doing what I do if I, I didn't. I also have six kids and all, so it's been really nice to be Not able a boy. to do what I do. Yeah, exactly. Um, do you, are you an MD or a DO? DO. You are a DO. Very cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was very interested in what you're doing with your um, your work. Briefly tell the audience what exactly what it is you're doing. Um, the easiest way I can describe it is that can I can I step back a little bit from it and sure. And, Sure. So when it comes to rehab, we're pretty much all dealing with motion, right? And we're either moving them for themselves or we're moving them or we're having them move themselves. Majority of what I deal with is me or them moving themselves. From there, where do we go? We either go to the area of injury which is traditionally what we all expect and have been brought up with. Mm -hmm. Or the little known but faster producing results is actually going to not the area of injury. And when I say area of injury or quadrant of injury, I mean, if somebody's treating your shoulder, they're gonna do the neck, the shoulder, maybe some ribs and, and thoracic. But they're so highly likely not to be going over on this side or down the leg, left leg, or the right leg. And there's a reason that actually, if they would, things work quick. So with that said, you can go into injury, injured area or not the area of injury. 98% of the people don't know about this over here, that it works and it works very quickly. From there, this is the really essence of it. You can go into restriction, yeah. whichever one of those you choose, or into ease. What's causing that to happen? Tissue of the body can only do one of two things. Any of the tissue, whether it's viscera, whether it's nerves, whether it's, whether it's fascia, whether, even whether it's bone, it can lengthen or it can shorten, compress or decompress. That's it. So when we go over as traditional therapists that majority of the time you'll have is that 
when you lengthen something and it doesn't like it, it produces a, ah, I don't like that. So instead of lengthening, so what we end up doing traditionally is continue to lengthen stuff. We try to fix what doesn't lengthen by lengthening it more. Yeah. Instead of, hey, or giving up. So most of the time you'll go from one clinician to another clinician to another clinician, but they all don't realize, even they may be doing what is termed a different technique, they're all still going into restriction. So what we do is we actually go to shorten. It looks like we're treating other parts of the body, but we're really shortening the injured area. So if I can't lift this up, yeah. right, think about it, from my fingertips to my toes on my right mid axillary, my, 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 my side, something says, I don't like it. Even a joint may go, I like going this way. I don't like going this way. Right. And so, all we have to do is, okay, if we go into restriction, do the right side, you know, into restriction, see if it works, do two sets, see if it works. Then if it doesn't, if we stay within the idea of restriction, why don't we go to the trunk and lengthen it and see if it works. And then we could go to the leg and kick it across, which lengthens the IT band. Right. Now we've really lengthened to see if lengthening is really going to work. And it may. I'm not against lengthening in any way, shape, or form. It's just part of the entire umbrella. What we do is we'll come over here and we'll lift this arm up, which makes it look like we're not treating this side. But by lifting this up, it's shortening over here. So we'll do two sets and see if it works. And typically it works faster and it works. It's sitting there. Or we shorten this way over the trunk. We only deal with arms, trunk, and legs, no matter what you come in with. Three things, right? Three things. That's it. You come in with jaw pain, I'm still doing arms, trunk, legs. So we shorten over here, right? And do two sets, reach out. And then we can lengthen, shorten the IT band by lifting it out into adduction, if you will. Do two sets, see which one works the best. So there's all that possibilities, but really all we do and what we do is we just test motion, find out what works well, find out what doesn't work well. We track what doesn't work well, and we just pick any one of those yummy things to treat it. So I don't care what walks into me. I will do a scan of the body motions. Remember what's yummy, record what's yucky. And I will start every single person with a twist to their yummy side. Now, if they don't have a yummy, I'll go to another body area or another motion. And that's the essence of it. So all I'm doing is taking blinders off of people to go, well, that's too damn simple, Tom. <laughs> right? I know. And it's so, that's so, that's just it. You, like most people pull back and go, well, therapists and clinicians have a harder time grasping because we've been educated so much into restriction, but we don't even know that. So I can take somebody and I'll say to them, I said, look, if a hundred PTs, physical therapists, chiropractors, I don't care who it is, DOs, are going to treat the right knee. I'll have you answer this because I answered in my, my seminars all the time. So if, if I have a hundred clinicians, they're going to treat a patient with right knee pain. How many of them will start with the right knee or the right leg? Here's a hundred percent, 90, 80, yeah. 70, 60. How many? I'd say about a hundred percent. Yes. Very close. You know, the, what I typically get is 80% and above. Okay, cool. That's our expectations. 
So we know that's predominantly what's done. So our whole career, we spend time in that quadrant of injury. Now, let me ask you this. If in your DO, so this is perfect. If I go and you're learning how to do a joint mode, you were taught to move the joint around and find what? Where it's most what? You look for restriction and you look for ease of motion too. Good, good, awesome. Now, this is good that you said that, all right? Because it's a kind of a counter strain philosophy, but we won't get into right. that. So, <clears throat> what percent of clinicians, if they find out anterior to posterior is the most restricted, what percent will begin treatment anterior to posterior? I'd say about 80% of them. Good. So let me tell you, or ask you, like in school, we were taught to find them, we were taught to find the most restricted and treat into it. Awesome, fine. We should have done two sets, saw what the result was, and then gone into what were the easiest and they got yeah. two results. Yeah. Okay. And because we weren't, the, our entire careers were spent over learning and feeling and getting experience in, into restriction. Right. Very little experience into ease. So when people see it being done, it's aw awkward and wrong. Yeah, it's like, whoa, what are you doing, man? Correct. That's an interesting thing because it's, I, I call this uh, the into the restriction will be uh, direct method. And right. then uh, into the ease is the indirect method. And it's like, yeah, we're not, we, we just kind of ignore that part. Correct. Now, I'm assuming because you said direct and indirect, are you familiar with counter strain? Oh, yeah. Okay. So counter strain is where one of the things I got my beginnings in. Hmm. All right. So counter strain is you, there's a tender point and we're going to fold over that tender point. Well, when you're hanging out there and you begin to uh, melt over that tender point, there's motion that occurs. And I noticed that and I said, hmm, interesting. So we're moving, there's motion. So what if I went against it? All right. So I'm melting into this direction. What happens if I were to go the other way? Would I go like into this restriction? And I did. So you could literally through counter strain tender points or just through counter strain, you can, this is a functional or motion based counter strain. Yeah. A point tender point counter strain, it's motion based tender point. And what's cool about it is you can give it to the person. So we do seven rules. <laughs> it's the recipe for chicken noodle soup, but it's for pain relief. And we, we give them seven rules and they follow it for, for the other thing. They pick their exercises they want to test. They pick the exercise for the whole body, two arms, two trunk, two legs, or something thereof. And then they pick an area of injury hmm. forward, do a couple motions to get more, you know, motions in the area of injury. And then they start treatment. And the first place they start treatment is a twist, as long as both sides are, one of the sides is young. Right. And that's the essence of it. So my whole job really is to get people out of what they're, they've been comfortable with and give them experience into that other side. Right. I like that. And there you have it. How long have you been doing that? Since 2002. And I've been teaching it to other clinicians. So I taught it and I put it online and everything. I even laid out an online platform that it would self-pace my, my patients through. Right. We were doing it in clinic. So there was two of me because I had a, I had a them watching things and then I could go around and see what they're having sure. problems with and 
because it, they could just do it themselves. It's working, not working. What's my next step? And they, the videos are only three to five minutes long. They would watch it, do it, and I critique them, or they'd ask me questions. Watch it, do it, critique them, or they'd ask me questions, right? And that's when I was like, wow, why don't I take this out to therapists too? And so that's where this came about and in 2005. I took it out and been doing it for 16 years now. Is that what you do exclusively at this time? Exclusively, I do, yes. Now, I mean, I, yes, as far as my technique, yes, I do. We have this for TOTS also for pediatrics, it's TMR TOTS. And then I run a seminar company, mine. And then the one other thing that we have in it is dry needling. And so we teach dry needling under the uh, term of masterdrydneedling.com. Cool. There it is. That's educational purposes. That's very good. Yeah, yeah. And I loved it. I had a clinic for 20 years and I yeah. sold it to my staff. I'd been for, let's see, I sold, sold it in 2017. So for 12 years, I was doing both. And right. it, it really exploded afterwards once I completely shifted over to seminars. So what's, what's your degree? I'm a physical therapist. Okay. Yeah. And then um, I'm looking at your website. It's like it's like uh, continuing edu education set up for all these different professions. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So we do PTs, ATs, DCs, MTs. So again, physical therapists, athletic trainers, occupational therapists, doctors of chiropractic, hmm. and, and massage therapists. Pretty much rehab professionals. That's excellent. Crazy, huh? It is crazy. I, what, it's interesting to me because I've, I've studied massage therapy about 1987. Oh, okay. In medical school. And I, was, I became interested in the association between the fascia and um, emotionality and um, and have been studying it since that time. And it's kind of, it's, it's, it's just very strange work. It's all very strange. Because it's like you, you get the people have... Um, energetically attach themselves to their problem and their tightness or whatever it is. And it's, it's, it's fascinating to me. Do you, do you know John Barnes? I do not. John. John, John Barnes, myofascial release. Yes. He's stationed in Arizona and Paoli, Pennsylvania. You ever heard, and you talk about emotional locks within the fascial system. I'll look that up. And I, I may have heard of him. It's, I, it's just, it's, I kind of have been been down this rabbit hole being an osteopathic physician for a long time now. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. That's why I said I'm excited that you're a DO and stuff because, you, again, your training's led going down that way. That's right, and it's like, but the the, the clinical work is is you know altogether its own thing, which is like I'm in a country town, so it's not. Um, I don't specialize. Like, do you get to manipulate people and stuff like that? Do you still yeah. not, see? That's awesome. They, they, some, they probably don't, or maybe they do, they probably don't realize what they have. Pretty much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. And it's like, but it's like, it's, it's, um, the, the business of medicine is, is, has, uh, devolved into some corporate hellishness, which is, uh, reprehensible and unavoidable at this moment, it appears. Yeah. You know, I remember when I got in and the corporate was trying to take over docs for a bit. And then it didn't work, right? They went one way and then it didn't work. And now they've come back in, but they seem to have a much stronger stranglehold on medicine than they did in the 90, early 90s. It's a fascinating thing that, that what they have done is this, it's with the electronic medical record. Oh, yes. And, and the uh, medical record has, has 
evolved under um, a reign of federal dollars into what was a tool for my use in the clinic to achieve my goals has become a yoke to tool upon me. <laughs> yeah, what is that? The, the uh, uh, oh, she's a, that which you praise eventually becomes your sword or something like that? Something like that. It's like this. I say the, the ox does not have to like the yoke. <laughs> yes, correct. Yeah. It's okay, but it's like, it's, it's uh, amazing how and fast how quickly that occurred and the, um, the uh, not to the benefit of the patients or the doctors. There's a um, medical director of the hospital that I am employed by currently. He said that the physician productivity has diminished by 40% under the use of the electronic records as they are now. Oh, I can see that. I mean, there's so much of the paperwork that you're having to do. Well, it's, it, it goes like this more, you do more and, and, and you're using tools that work less and then nobody cares because it's like institutional. So it's like for us to change the electronic record to get one that works better will cost $2 million and no one will do it. They're not going to do it. Wow. And it's like, it's a crap tool and everybody knows it. It's like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I, yet. There is a group of people that's out there doing, you know, concierge type stuff. Which yeah. is gonna, but it, I'm not, I don't know that can become uh, industrialized, if you will, or, or big conglomerate to, to make it. So it's the little guy out there doing that. <laughs> well, it's like a little guy in a town that has enough money. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's, it's like, you know, I, I don't, I can't do it here. There's not enough, right. not enough people that would be interested in actually paying for the services that they expect. Right. Yeah, that's okay. It's just it's like a, it's an interesting uh, evolution. It's not enough like not. It's like go to the yucky side, okay? <laughs> yes, they are not going to the yummy, are they? <laughs> it's not at all. It's like <laughs> we're uh, still tracking that, and the track in the in the in the trends not looking good. Yeah, and it's like it's kind of like this hanging in the balance, you know? It's like what, what how the um uh, the the doctors, I, I have a chat with a new doctor that works in the facility and um, she's having a hard time. And I, it's like most of the doctors think like we do. And it's like, but there's always the, um, the bootlickers that are doing, working against traffic and thinking they're doing great benefits for everybody at, at not really at, at every, someone else's expense, I suppose. It's just awful. The ability to think becomes crucial. Right. Well, and it's like maybe it becomes uh, detrimental to you if you're in an environment where thinking is problematic, right? And it's like okay. So I like your your answer was is offer up my services that's outside the scope of that thing that is being captured. Yeah, right. You know, currently I pretty much only do it with clinicians. So I teach clinicians how to do it. Right. I'm not the only patients I treat are the ones that they're having difficulty with necessarily. And I try to stay within that is what I enjoy the most because I've always been a teacher all my life. Not that I'm not teaching patients when I do it, but we, but it's designed entirely to turn my skill set and their skill set, the clinician's skill set, over to the patient. So we often talk about yeah. you know, the pyramid or the phases of healing. 
And we, we as clinicians, at least rehab wise, will say, you know, the first ones to get rid of your pain and your inflammation kind of sensations. And then we want to keep it long enough to increase your range of motion and your strength and make sure your pain and inflammation staying down. And we say activities of daily living get up to those three phases. And we're taught that through entire school. And because that's the paradigm, we stop there. Yes. Nobody ever said, it's only because I came in from a different profession, which was teaching. And I was a math guy. So I was very linear. I liked steps. And I liked when I taught math, I didn't care about the answer. I cared about the steps that they understood and didn't understand. So when I came into this profession, I was like, there's too much, there's too much stuff piled on top of something I think is simple to get due. All right, which I get kicked around for that at times. And what I mean by that is pain relief is supposed to be complex. And I said, it can't, no, 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 math is complex, right? And so I said, there's gotta be a way to break through steps. And so when we started looking at what you're doing and I'm doing when we're having success versus when you were failing, what step are we missing? What are we doing? And it doesn't mean we heal everybody, but we began to get to a process that we realized that all, so the umbrella of rehab pretty much falls under, under the core principles I showed you. You're moving them, they're moving themselves. Right. In, in the area of injury, not in the area of injury. Into restriction, not into restriction, which would be ease. What body area? Three body areas. And then it's in standing, sitting, kneeling, on all fours, belly, back, and sideline, the whole human developmental sequence. From there, I can turn that over to somebody. How? I simply say to them, let's test a couple motions in each of the body parts, three body parts, arms, trunk, legs. Good. Let's test the area of injury. Good. Let's score it somehow. We've got a little scoring mechanism, you know, one to 100 we use. Then let's treat it either by start with a twist because it's in the middle of the body. Do the opposite of yucky. Traditionally, usually did yucky. They just did yucky. We said do the opposite of yucky. Or do anything that's in symmetry that feels good. Not sucky symmetry, but good symmetry. Right. Or to pick any yummy motion in your entire body. Those, those are things that I'm not, there's no jargon in that. Right. I can put anybody through because I believe that if we can give somebody a recipe for chicken noodle soup and teach them something, why can't we figure that out within our own system? It's because we were looking at things incredible. We were looking at, should we go forward, backwards, side, outside, across, instead of saying, hey, we're going to restriction or not restriction. And once we realized that it, it was kind of binary world, right? Hot, cold, everything is. Yes. So if you can simplify the complexity that we placed on top, now all of a sudden, majority of patients can go through this and do really, really well. Because the only thing that we do, we give them a basic six, six motions. And then when they get through that with the, the understandings of those seven rules, then we show them, okay, now instead of doing your arm with this, we're going to rotate it in, which does something different on the joint. We're going to rotate it out. There's nothing else to do. Right. The, joint, the joint can be in neutral, rotate and rotate out, right? Then it can be in different positions. So right. when people see that, they go, oh, that's kind of crazy, Tom. And they do have a hard time shifting, but they don't say it's crazy as bad. They say, that's going to take me time to digest it. Right. I don't have to lay my hands on somebody. We'll have people that have been out years. I was 100% manual therapist, laid my hands on people constantly. All that was pretty much I did everything. I've had that to that degree. But... I had a patient say to me 
once. They said, Tom, and they knew my background as a teacher. They knew that I was kind of struggling a little bit with the profession because I got to a point that I kept every, I think if people are watching this, you get to a point as a clinician that you go, I help this group of people. I'm, I'm not helping this group of people. So I got to go learn something new. Yeah. You, you get into this cycle of what's wrong with me. <clears throat> so it kind of gets kind of de- maybe some downers for you. And I, I felt like I'd taken enough classes that what's happening in this patient said to me, they said, Tom, how good are you at fixing your patients? You know, I puffed up my chest and I said, top 10% in the country. He didn't bat an eye. He then said, Tom, how good are your patients at fixing themselves? Right. I like that a lot. Isn't that cool? And it changed no, that's the right way because it's like, I'm only there for a minute and you're there the rest of the week or two weeks doing your energetic thing. And that is programming your Correct. system. Yeah, that's and that's where the power is. Get them to square up and understand how to move differently. You know, there's something about you got to be able to have give them the knowledge so they can take the responsibility to do it so they can control it. And up to that point, Mackenzie, Mackenzie did a really good job of of give, handing things over. Feldenkrais, yes, was a really good job. That I always said at Feldenkrais, maybe started with just five motions. Um, a lot more people would know about it, but it's just a beautiful system. And then, and then what I just said, what's the, what's the, what's the 80% we can throw out and the 20% we can keep to get people beginning something and having a very simple concept. So, you know, it used to be, we just said, you can't do this and this one feels good. Just do a bunch of that. And that would just be shortening from the upper level, you know, not the middle level or the lower level. And they get it. And 60% of the time that would change it. It's pretty impressive. So you, yeah, it's like, a, it goes to a Pareto um, distribution, 20% of the uh, emotion will cure 80% of the problems. Correct. And it's like, you teach them that part first and then go forward from there. Cause it's like, you, you're, you're getting a low hanging fruit, I guess is the easy answer. Yeah. And most of it is like, I was talking with a therapist yesterday and he goes, but Tom, when they get stuck, I want to jump back in and treat them. And I go, well, there's a difference. I said, I'm not a treater, I'm a teacher. And you've got to lose that mindset. So I said, if you walk into your practice and you're thinking, the reason you're thinking is because you don't believe the routine that is set up, the routine can be stronger than you. And I was saying, for example, what was it with um, um, uh, the protocol that they have for surgery where they had the check checklist or the airplane, you know, the pilots have to check off. Prior to that, people felt what they knew was more better statistically of a result than it was and what it took 20, 25 years to incorporate some of those things into this, some hospitals, right? That they were getting 78% success rate versus 92 with the protocols. Um, you know, and, and, and that's what I, I look at and go, okay, so I need to change that person's mind to believe in the routine. There's not many paths that have been laid out nicely without people squirreling all over the place. That's right. They're, they they impromptu and 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 make up their own thing and Correct. embellish on something that works. It's like, don't fix it if it ain't broke. Correct. Just go down the path, and then it'll become an art form to you for those twenty percent that don't do it. You'll but you'll still be in that routine. So that path is there. With like the how come people don't question the chicken noodle soup recipe, right? It, 
they see they've done it down the work, they don't go, well, you know what? I don't think it's a quarter thing of salt that you should use. It's probably, you know, a half a teaspoon, right? They just don't do that when they're learning. So and afterwards it becomes the art form. So initially it's the structure, right? And then later it becomes the art form. And, but holding people to the fire, because I say, when you're teaching somebody, it's a different routine. So I know the routine works better than I do. So how do I know that? Is that when we started this, I was the fiddler, yeah. but I was also the one designed the routine, I seven steps. And so I had a clinician that helped develop it with me. And I said, look, you do the seven steps. I'm going to do the fiddling. And then we're going to swap patients every session. Huh. And, and we're going to swap who does what. And bar none, the routine or the seven steps always was beating out the thinking. <laughs> we okay. overestimate the value of that. I think human beings. Completely. Because a bad plan implemented is so much better than no plan. And that's what you typically have when you just have a bunch of knowledge swirling in your head and you're pulling pieces from it. And people don't realize it. So the guy that I was talking to, I said, look, right now, when you, free, when you accept the fact that the seven steps or the routine works better than you do, you won't have to think so much and you won't have so much stress during your day and all the energy you put into your thinking will stop. And I said, and then you will be observing what is in front of you rather yeah. than what you think should be in front of you. Yes, it is a, um, it is a um, removal. The thinking acts as a clouds the vision of what is. Correct, huge. That's intuition should drive it in in another way so you're the thinking is is too much cognitive loading it's like dude you don't want to be there's too many muscles right yeah, it's something like 700 800 muscles in the human body yeah. and you you actually are doubting yourself that's what typically why you're thinking right you do because you're thinking there's all this complexity and when a routine works you go well damn it's just following these steps and it's almost like wait it can't be so anyways, you know, it, it's like, it's, it's, it, I went to school way too long for this. Yes. <laughs> <of> that. <laughs> I mean, I always tell people like I'm in class and I go, you know, this is only difficult for you all because you guys went to school for so long for, I said, I tell my patients, they don't have, have a problem at all with it. You know, I sit there and I go, all right, look, I do two sets over here into restriction and it does this result. And then we go into ease on that side and it does this result and it works better. You okay with me doing that? Yeah. So everybody's okay because I'm still on the injured side. I go, what if I come over here and I do two sets and it works even better than this side? You okay with it? Patients go, yeah, absolutely. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Right. I'm not sure. because yeah, right. And I go, well, what? Well, I'm going to really get crazy. What if I go down to that leg and I right. do two sets and it does better? Patients like, yeah, let's get at it. And the clinician is like, no, no, it's got to be a food. It must be because we're just warming them up or something like that. Right. So, right. The now, that's interesting. So, the, um, I started doing CrossFit about yeah. 15 months ago, uh -huh. like that. And it's like, this is interesting because it, it, I, I got a coach and I never had a coach before. Yeah. I'm like this. And I'm like, and I've not, I, I, I did martial arts, but um, different kind of athleticism, this. And, um, it's interesting because it's like you do in a high intensity exercise to exhaustion and, and you're under severe uh, physiological constraints, right? Yeah. You're getting tired, you can't breathe, your heart's going too fast and you're demanding more behavior from your body. And it's interesting because it's 
What I have noticed this is that the body intuitively recruits that latent potential within it. Mm. And it is, it, and I were, I've been working on my back since I was in massage school, so 37, 34 years. And in that 34 years, I've been working on my back. And in the last year, it's like fixing it. Really? Fascinating. I, that's why I thought I'd share it with you. Because so you're, going, you're saying, I always tell people, what's beyond fatigue? And that's I always fair. say, it's not, most people think it's more fatigue. It's more focus, right? Yes. You, you've heard of David Coggins? No. No. Oh, you got to look up David Coggins. So this is a, oh, this is a, a ex-Navy SEAL or okay. um, special forces guy that does insane stuff. But he talks about his demons as he's trying to do it. And then he'll tell you that you're using 10% and he'll prove it and show it. It's awake. It's his Awaken the Giant. What is the, yeah, but he's got a couple of neat books. You can, he says, you repeat the same thing, which I like. Repetition's good. And if you're saying the same message, yes, it means it means you know a routine. It means you know a path and you're doing it. And that's kind of what he's like. And um, he's just a uh, big time. But he ended up never taking necessarily a break, but he tightened up. He was so muscular involved and not about going the other way. Yes. And so he was about restricting himself and not ever shortening so now he's actually going out and stretching and got he, his body was shutting down in other words he oh, was, yeah, his body was in completely shut down because he was running 100 mile runs and not not going and releasing wow. so yeah you like you like him so what's interesting about that the work is this is is you know my in my my other kind of academic or egg-headed work is like the the association between the um i i call it um stable equilibria that the body can achieve with um, tension patterns associated with emotional tension patterns associated with verbal tension patterns that all sustain each other in a, in a stable situation. So, so my coach is telling me this and it was funny because it's the, I have a spondylolisthesis, okay? Active or inactive? That's an interesting question. I never heard of active or inactive. It's, it's just a passive thing. It's a bone, right? It's, yeah, but spondylos can be slipping all the time. You know, I don't think it's slipping. So it's, it's, uh, I'm describing the uh, vertebral malformation specifically and not specifically what is your pain? Does your pain change? Like for example, I'll have ladies that are leaning over their shopping carts, right? Oh, yeah. It might be stable because it's all stays on the right side. But if somebody comes in and they go, hey, Man, sometimes it's on the right, sometimes on the left, sometimes oh. it's not like sometimes oh, yeah. later. It's like one time it's on the right. I take another step, it's on the left. That's an unstable. Right. No, so this is stable. And it's like the issue is this interesting. So doing entering into the uh treatment, that's what I've been working on for 34 years. And the um the coach is telling me the opposite message of what I was telling me. Okay. Which is yeah. like so we're doing it. He's like, got me doing some Olympic lifting thing or something like that. And it's like, he says, ignore the signals coming from your body. I'm like, whoa, that's just crazy talk. What are you talking about? And then I, I, I processed that because it's not the signals that are to be ignored, but the interpretation of the signal is to be questioned. I like okay? that. And so, so I, I, I said, I said, the, the, the body is talking and signals are being generated. And the brain says, if we stop this, the pain can stop now. Just stop it. 
right? And that's just an interpretation that you can ignore safely, right? It's, a, it's your consideration about it. Right, it's like, so the, the Stoics would say this, it's your opinion about the signals. And it's like, clearly the way I see it is my coach, his opinion was better than my opinion because he's the coach and I suck at this apparently coaching myself, right? Right. And so it's like, just do it. And it's like, I have not been injured doing it, knocking on wood, right? And um, it's, it's, it's challenging and it's weird because you feel the tension patterns moving around doing just kind of like finding their way to, you're trying to resolve into a different stable pattern integrity of a, the integrity structure, right? So have you heard of Wim Hof, the ice yes. man? Yes. So I always say, so I used to do that and, and I get in the ice and it wasn't until, and it could take me a month to shift my mind away from this, what I love the way you described it, my interpretation of what the sensation of ice felt like. And it wasn't until I could do it that I could go, you know, up to that point, I was suffering to try to get a minute in. And as soon as my, my brain shifted, I could do five to eight minutes in ice. I was, I was in no, I had no. freezer, freezer out in it. Yeah, and it was insane. And but then I could not not to say tomorrow I wouldn't come in and you know being okay in my mind, but it took me 45 seconds now to a minute 15 to yes dis disrupt what you call is the interpretation. So I'd still go back to that interpretation to a degree. Yes. And then all of a sudden sometimes I could get rid of it quickly, 30 seconds. Right? Yeah. Because I like the other interpretation I had because then I could go so much longer. And yes. that's really interesting. So there's, a, there's a, um, so there's that inertia, like body has an inertia. And mm -hmm. it's like, it's a, it's a pattern integrity. So the pattern integrity uh -huh. has a hold of you say it's like possessing you, right? It's causing you to be yeah. in some twisted form. It, mm -hmm. it has an integrity and it wants to maintain that integrity even if the brain has to lie to you to make you maintain that pattern because that's what we know we don't like to do doing the crossfit is like crazy to me because it's like i like you you're playing mario brothers and then you level up you got superpowers that you didn't have before it's like <laughs> i never i never experienced look i had that spondylo since i was a kid man I, I remember walking to third grade and having saddle numbness and never telling anybody because it's like you know what i'm saying it's just, wow, that's just yeah. hey that's weird isn't it don't tell anybody because everybody <laughs> whatever i don't know what normal means yeah. right wow but so i don't it's all good so but it is like it's like changing your 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 the, your the way you carry your structure and then it's like okay get used to it and you have to get used to it and then it it will in it, it, it just what does get used to, to, what does get used to it mean because i think you had the thing that getting used to it is you're actually changing your interpretation aren't you yeah but it's like it's 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 okay you gotta go we're gonna go back to the building it up the pattern integrity yeah it generates a sensation right it generates yeah. sensations like the, the internal um tension you know all this you know yeah. all the Golgi apparatuses and all those yeah. things yeah. right you know we won't talk about that because it won't yeah. it, perhaps by it's ignorance right ahead these days man right. I in such non-jargon terms right that's right so it's like this, but it's generating all these signals. And you go, that's how I feel. That's normally how I feel. And it's normal to feel like that. And it's abnormal to feel like straightened out. 
And so when you straighten out, you go, that feels better. And then the body goes, you're, you're in an unstable position. You fall back into this, not feel so good, but it's your inertia holds you there. It's like, it's like gluing you there, magnetism, you know? And that's when you were talking about the stable equilibria. That's right. So you're like, and I'm trying, you're, so it's intentional destabilization, right? And it's, it's disturbing. It's intentionally disturbing. It is, has to be disturbing because it's emotionally disturbing, sensationally disturbing, thought disturbing. And I, you know, wow, it's just disturbing. So, so, so I'm going to tell you this is kind of amusing because I do so doing the CrossFit like this I would I would previously have taken the ibuprofen or Tylenol right and uh-huh. you're like whoa bad answer bad answer because it's like this you're disturbing the the transduction of signals which is including the inflammatory processes that are occurring at random places because you did too many of these things or whatever it was yeah and it's like in you pay attention to the the sensation of it and allow that to guide the reformation of the pattern integrity. And don't interrupt the signals because the signals are very vital. Mm, yeah, because observe what should be observed. So observe what is rather than medicate what isn't. Right, I like that. I like that a lot. The, the, so it's like, this is like, the, here's the presumption is like, you know, so I'm like doing this and I did this crazy thing on yesterday and it was like, Okay, I was going to train today, but I got sidetracked and that's okay. I would train tomorrow. And it's like, tomorrow I'll be at the peak of my discomfort from Monday. And it's like, the premise that I should feel good or without discomfort before I do more training, I, that's just make, make believe. That is, yes, right. Just right. go do it some more. Just do it. They, they say, the coach tells me, and I trust the guy, he's 71. He says, uh, wow. Wow, that's awesome. He says four to six days a week, that maximum benefit. And I'm like, whoa. Now he did seven days a week for some six weeks, but he got, he did not get better. But it's like, cause he just was doing an experiment. But you rest a day and you, 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 you so it's like, I, I just, I've been increasing my dose. I've, I went up to three times a month, three times a week. Now I'm gonna try to increase four times a week. That's my plan. It's like just experimental, right? You like me. I like to play with the body. I love the destabilization because when you said it, I'll have people some of the times will cry in class yes. because taught something and they'll say, I realize what I've been doing and what I could have been doing. Yes. And I wasn't seeing the full picture. Yes. And, and just like you said, it destabilizes them and it shakes them for a minute and it shakes them down to the thing of how much more could I have been helping? And I said, well, you, now you know what you didn't know. And I said, so you can go forward with that knowledge, but you can't go back and regret. That's right. And they, they'd say, no, it's almost like I'm having, I'm flushing out that energy that's held me where I've been. That's exactly what's going right. mm-hmm. on. That you've now been released. Yes. Water okay. is under the bridge. It, it, now they have the space and the room and the, not the tension to take on the new thing or something. That's right. That's right. I kind of got interested in this when I was, they had a little clinic in my um, massage therapy school back in 87. And it was like, we would do this thing once a week. And I would see these people once a week. And if a guy comes in, he looks like a crumpled up tin can and you straighten him out. And then he comes back in a week, the same tin can, same bedance. I'm like, what is going on here? This doesn't make any sense. 
Right. So like what's happening they, is they, they keep coming on the ledge. You talk them off the ledge, you get back on the ledge, you get turned. Uh -uh. So it's like so what happens is the world outside of the clinic goes cramples him down. He doesn't respond, he does not handling that information properly. He he gets me to sweep him up. Right. Okay? And yeah. then he does he does the same thing. He's not interested in transformative change. And I'm like, that is not interesting to me. I'm not a I'm not a, a, like a maintenance guy. I want to just you transform yourself and just stop it. Yeah. Ooh, dude, I love this. Didn't know where this was going to go, but this is neither did I. I knew it was going to be good though. As soon as I started studying what you're doing there, I'm like, wow, that's crazy, Bill. I like it. It is good. That's transformative. That's for that's sure. right. Transformation. Because it's like I can help you transform yourself into your greater you, but man, I sure don't want to be there doing all the work. That's when I what I gave up from when I was a massage therapist. Can't but do, can't but lay hands on one at a time. Right. And that's just not enough. I'm from an industrial civilization. What? Okay, so it's interesting you said that. Is so that my people, like the ones I teach, the ones that get sometimes stuck, they get stuck with, yeah, but my people don't want me not to touch them. They want me only to touch them. And that was a difficult thing even with ourselves when we early on. It took us two years to break through that in the sense of, I said, ah, this is so good because what we, the, they have a postulate or a consideration in their head or an intention in their head causing that part. And we knew that in my, we, we, when I say we, I mean, me and Chip, the other guy that yeah. uh, were, were there when, when I discovered and we kept playing around with it. Um, we said, how can we get people to stop feeling that's what they did? They, I come in for a therapist and they felt like therapy. What, look, take a massage therapist. You're coming in for a massage, right? And all of a sudden this person wants to do something they, they're away from what you're expecting. We're having talkie therapy? What? Whoa. Yeah, hey, right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, right? And for you, like to go with your um, CrossFit person, and you're getting more than just training with weights, right? You're getting a transformation, a transformative experience. Well, we said, how can we hit with equal magnitude their postulate with something else that stops it? Because up to this point, their, their consideration is overpowered anything else they hit. And so, when my students say that, I said, hey, we have a line for that now. We'll say to them, we'll say, look, if I treat you and today and you get 80% better, let's just say you go from a, I'll use the one to 10 scale, you go from a seven and down to a two. And I said, and it takes me 30 minutes or 40 minutes to do that to you. But in two hours, it comes back. Now I'm going to step back just for a second and let you know that you have a, a pain, a healing to chronic pain scale. And if you're at just 51% more healing, which is comfort, you're in 51% of comfort, then you will at least be healing 1% during the day. And I said, if you're the other way and you're in pain, you're going to start the chronic pain cycle at 1% getting worse. And as you get worse, you keep adding to that. Right. right. And, and I said, so if in two hours after I treat you, it comes back, you have a couple choices. Your pain scale will now be going into pain and you'll be getting worse and your chronic pain cycle will begin. Or you can come back in to see me every two hours with $50 worth of a copayment every two hours. So, you know, by 300 bucks a day, whatever, or the exact same time that I'm taking to fix you, 
I get make it so that you understood what I was doing that you could do at home. Which would you like me to do? Oh, yeah, I like that. Right. So what I did is I acknowledged what they were saying and I hit them equal magnitude of now it's a choice for you. And I've had two people in my career say, I still want you to do it. Okay. And they were a little nutty as far as that went too, but that's, a, that's okay. And we, we sent them and said, that's not what we do. Right. Now I get that. And that's like, I, I, I treat people for anxiety or something like that. Oh yeah. 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 So it goes like this. The question kind of comes out. Is like, you know, the worst thing I can do is to tell you that you have something wrong with you, okay? Because mm. there's nothing wrong with you. You're all right. And the worst thing I could do is give you a pill. Now it'll make you really believe you got something wrong with you, okay? And it's like, wow. I'm not unwilling to do that, but it's like this. I want you to be assured that there's nothing wrong with you. I'm going to help you adjust the tickers that are causing you to get tensed out, right? That's, wow. the, that's how I do it because I'm like, I really do not want you to be attached to your, you know, my, my problem. Right. I will help be your regulator for a little bit, but I need you to take back the regulating. I need That's you to it. do your own thing. One of, the, one of the things with me and my, my spondylolisthesis thing was, was this is that this is a congenital problem. So it's been with me since I was in nothing. Okay. And it's like this, it's my fault. Okay which is a hard thing to say because it's like, dude, I wasn't even conscious. How can it be my fault, right? But if it's not my fault, whose fault is it? I take full responsibility for the management of it because that's part of me and nobody else is responsible. Yeah, but okay. So this is what I struggled with a bit. You said my fault is a negative. Your responsibility is not. Hmm. Or, at least, or at least my consideration of the word fault. And it's like, <laughs> It's a fault is a um, natural phenomenon. Okay. So like you're, a rock, rock does that. It's got a fault. It's, it's just the fault, the flaw, uh, right? It's, it's a thing. And it's, I don't go to point to the Catholic <laughs> Church, about 1000 AD, St. Thomas Aquinas. But it's not, it's, it's neutral. There's, there's, no, there's, there's no negative thing. Okay. There's only positive, maybe less positive and certainly more positive. Right. And so yeah. it's like, that's good. Like the scale of restriction to to ease, it's the same scale. So is it? This is just a lot less ease, and yeah. this is a lot more ease. It's just there's no two things. There's there really isn't a good and a bad. No, it's just like you don't understand that one, and and maybe you prefer to avoid it, right? No negative. I like no. It's it's not restricted versus that you know notice how i chose my side it's restriction or not restriction it's ease or not yeah that, okay keep going yeah so it's, so it's i don't know i just it's it's to me it's like there's when i'm working with people i like it's like you're working with the body and you're like at the same time i'm working with their mind because i'm like the mind. mind is 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 regulating the way the body is allowed to manifest or it filters out what's the body's allowed to manifest because I ran into this crazy thing. So I'm doing my posture changing and doing things. And I'm like, that reminds me of some kid that I hated back in third grade or something. You know what I mean? It's like, does that make sense? That posture, like, that's so that kid. I'm like, and I don't like that kid. Unless, you know what I mean? It's like, so I'm having this negative reaction. I do that not posture of that kid from third grade on. I'm like, but it's okay. He, he wasn't a problem. He's okay. I can do that posture too, because it feels better than this posture. Sweet. All right. All right. Well, you hit me on something like 
sometimes people like, so if you're not thinking a lot, you get to observe what's happening in people's faces and bodies. And I, I got to awareness with people that when it went from not being something physical to hitting them, seeing it hit emotional, there's a little glassy eyedness that they get. And if you miss it, you've missed a huge opportunity. And I remember a girl that was, that just hit, right? We're in the middle of doing something. And it was, she had a big release. And as she released, she, she, her eyes glazed up. And what happens then, if you don't catch it, they'll lock back in. And they might lock back a little, a little stronger than they were. Because there's usually an emotion now that they really want to say, I can be, I hate somebody, right? And I'll say, what happened? And this lady actually was in a car accident. Oh. Okay. But what locked it in is she was pissed at her friend that was driving. Oh. But she, it was something, I'm probably making this part up, but it was driving, but it was something about her friend. She hated her because she made her go or she hated her because, or she hated herself because she made her go and then all this stuff happened. And when she said it, she bawled her eyes out. Now, luckily, right beforehand, I had asked her to test her arm. Huh. And then after she had the, this release and she talked about it, arm went straight up. Just like that. Right? Just exactly. So it's almost like when you catch it, it you can prove it, yeah. what you and I are talking about, if we just test the body beforehand. That reminds me of these kinesiology people. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, totally. Kinesiologic testing. I'm like, okay, well, I watched some people doing this stuff. And it was like this massage therapist was doing it at this class I was in. I'm like, that's just crazy, though. What what is that? And it's just like, okay, I just I just observed it because I'm like, and then she's she was describing it in these weird terms, like, okay, he thinks his back is his butt. I'm like, okay, process that. You know what I mean? It's just Ah. the body energetically you know in an unusual fashion like that like firing order or something like that just it's a fascinating thing but because it is just like how the how because it's it's you look at the the you, you have all these nerves and they're firing in a particular order to generate all the field that you your motion is and your your form and it's like God, right Right, it's just like, and it, and it has a sensation and it has a feeling and, it, and it has, there's emotions associated with it and then thoughts that lay on top of it all supporting themselves into that structural, you know, format. Just quite fascinating. Ooh, that's deep, baby. I like it though. <laughs> it's just fascinating. I'm like this and I'm like, I don't know if it's good to know that much or think that much. It's, just like, <laughs> it's, right. kind, of, it's kind of like a swamp and you, <laughs> how do I get out of this? What do I make out of this crazy mess? <laughs> that's not chicken soup by any means. <laughs> You know, I went to one course. And I remember coming back to my wife. I said, I'm drawn to hell from this. I said, but I'm probably going to be like smoking dope and wearing a toga afterwards or something. But I said, I'm so drawn to, to, to what's happening because it's it was outside my comfort zone. Right. But yet the results were just so phenomenal. And this is kind of what we're talking about here. What now? The, what's the term now? Biopsychosocial. Right. Yes. That they're, they're hitting up with what kind of we're describing and people watching this are either really digging what we're talking about or like saying hey these guys are crazy but that's all right that's all right yeah it doing. is all right and it's like but the, the interesting thing to me is like this i'm all about um i'm like you i'm gonna turn it into meat and potatoes chicken soup it's just good because it's like look make it so the people know what to do intuitively because you train them how to do something that makes sense to them 
and don't have all this theoretical Ooh. it's because okay. it'll get lost in space it, and it, it doesn't work we one of the things that we chip and i noticed we said we were talking so much during a session and it was 80 20 us them and we said we have to reverse that yeah. what we learned how was to ask questions because of it if we're going to be 80 20 them talking right or just 50 50 or something like that but that's the one of the biggest things i catch with my students is that there's so much blabber going on that these patients, just like you said, if, if you're on a farm and you have to plant the field, it's maybe tedious and labor intensive, but the process is pretty simple. Do we really have to say all this stuff? Right, right. Now my talking is not adding value, right? No, but the patient talking adds a ton of value because you can you reflect upon that and then interact with that which is coming out because that's providing all the information that's interesting in the case, but this is not informing that body, right? Right, right. Because and that, with the, the, the information coming out of the mouth as the person is, is telling us, it's reporting on the, what's going on here. And it's like, we can maybe reflect back a little bit to, to modify that somehow, right? Okay, well, I'm gonna, I, I had to smash that idea. All right, so let's see whether we play with it the same way that we've been talking about today. So a lot of people will say, hey, listen to the patient because the patient knows best. And what we're talking about sounds about right, right? It's not really that. <laughs> not really, right? And, I, and we would say, after we've done this enough, don't listen to the body, watch the body move, do something and see what now, how the body moves. And the body will tell you what it needs. And then eventually you'll be able to hear when the body's talking up through the mouth versus when the crazy up here is talking through the mouth. It's the same thing though, in my opinion, because it's like the, the, one of the things I tell people is this, is like, I hear, I hear someone will say that, that, that I can't do that. I said, you know, it's very impolite to be hypnotizing yourself when someone is trying to hypnotize you. And it's like this, because you're you're certainly going to wait, 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 say that again, say that again. It's it's it's, it's sort of rude to be it's doing self hypnosis when someone is trying to hypnotize you in a positive way. You're, you're undoing all the magic here, right? And it is like it's I, I I find people I listen to them, and what this is a, the structure the the structure of the mind holding the pattern that they want to hold because they're attached to it. Yes. And it says, it gives you the justification for why they're going to hold it. And I'm like, not accepted. Yes. And so that's what, I, that's what I'm saying. We reflect it back. Like, wow. no, exactly. Okay. So, but T, okay. This is good. Because there was in my level three class, I talk and I teach that mechanism that you're talking about. Because I'll say, if a student calls me up and is talking to me about a patient, it's the way in which they're telling me about that patient. That's, that that's looking, value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm listening for a certain words, like they repeat a generalization, you know, like it doesn't work for back pain or it doesn't work for this, or this person wants to be helped. And I go, oh, then there's that. So yeah, I got what you're saying. Yep, totally agree. I like it because it is just like, you're, you're just trying to, you're, to me it's like, this is, so it's like, the model that I'm working on momentarily is this, is that everything is based on tension patterns. And it's like, 
there's the, the it, this is from Buckminster Fuller, um, tensegrity structure. Yeah, I'm just going to ask you biotensegrity. Is that what you're talking about? Mm -hmm. That's right. And it's like it's like everything's tension patterns. It's a tensional element or a compressional element, in, including these these thought processes. Ooh, I never read that. Yeah, there's a length and short the tension compression. So like what we're trying to we're trying to distract them from a, a pattern that they're attached to and they can snap back harder. Ooh, compressing or decompressing the thoughts. Mm. Well, it's like in the emotions, the emotions and the it's like some of them are compressive and some of them are, and I haven't figured this out yet because I'm just thinking about it, because it's like they're ethereal in nature, but they 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 can re, they they can do the same things that body parts are doing too that so that and they're attached in some ways and it's like okay our job is to to do the go to ease or go to restriction right yeah and so and it's okay but it's like the the, the trick is it's I I do confuse on confusion let's think about that what if our thoughts are just lengthening or shortening or easing or restricting you and then you have to determine whether that restriction is a good thing or a bad thing. Right, because I mean, if something's tightening, right, and it needs to tighten so you don't throw your arm out. Right. It's like right. if I'm thinking a thought that I need to keep my kid safe, you might say restricting, right? Right. right? That's restrictive, right? However, for the greater good, not, and you go, okay, that's a bad, that's a good thing. I shouldn't feel guilty about it. If it's something where I'm really tense, oh man, wait a second, you might have a whole nother level of we that's could, it. There's yeah, we could go. We're, forget the body. We're in the mind now. Here, we're stopping. We're stop. It's just two things. It's bipolar again. You know, that's right. That's yeah. So it's like this. So the yeah, that's it. So that's kind of what's interesting to me. Is I'm, I like the word games. I guess it's silliness. The symbols and what they represent. But, right? but it is. But what it's interesting. So well, like you, you can see it. Like when the patient wants to hold on to things, say, I can't do that, or something like that. Yes. Right? Yes. And it's and it can be like if the therapist is like, well, this is this is doesn't work or won't work is like this. Or sure. they said what they they told me this would or this or they oh the they stuff yeah yeah. Anyway, so it's like it's just to me it's interesting just to try to ponder it and try to work with it a little bit, right? Yeah. But I like really it's like I I, I see this like and I will go back to the anxiety people it's like they go it's my anxiety and I'm like. You do not want to own that thing, man. You want to distance yourself from it as an alien entity because that thing is a problem. And it's like, you just want to leave it in the other room, buddy. I don't want it to be yours. That's right. Right. So the more, more close, and the people identify, like, a pe like the fibromyalgia people tend to associate with that. That's my, they are so tight with that thing. And it's like, man, to forget them to get it loose because they want to be afflicted, not liberated so much. Does that make sense? And it's like, that's my identity. What are you doing, doctor? Okay, so, ooh, I'm gonna go somewhere here with it. So some of the times I think maybe the one little stone that I'm throwing to people is TMR, right? So traditionally we're all thought, it's my right hamstring, I gotta try my right hamstring. And when they learn that they've been thinking that way their whole life, and then something very simple like, the other side or somewhere else stops it or helps it. It gives them just a little bit more ability to go into what we're talking about and not connect to their belief. Only one, right? That, that opinion, right. Correct. 
And so by me repeating this and they go through a series of lessons with me, my, my, you know, my ultimate goal, because it has for me, when I realized what I was doing because of a thought about I have to treat the bad, now I've got this other one. Do you realize how many more things in my life I realize I'm oh, yeah. doing the same damn thing to? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. karma, man. But, right? Yeah, but what I'm saying, though, I can step back and go into that and say, okay, that's the way I looked at it like that. So what is it? Like, oh, when I was in, when I ran my clinic, a lot of times I was trying to say, what am I not doing right? Right? And then we try to correct. They say, okay, maybe it's my employees. Maybe we need to have training on my employees. When we worked our tails off on it, we eventually said, okay, what about the environment? What's the, the thing that we're not looking at as we're trying to solve the problem? Right. Other things. And when we did that, like, for example, here we are all in restriction, not even realizing there's another thing. And you were in our mind only saying, like, I've got to hold on to this because if I don't, probably the fibromyalgia, if I don't hold on to it, what might be is worse. That's right. I don't know. And I'm scared. Don't know the other oh. When I used to be a teacher, I had a kid that was getting abused by his dad. Oh. Right. And I said to him, I said, you told me this. I've got, I've got, I'm responsible. I've got to sh tell people. I got to tell the appropriate people. And he said, that freaks me out a ton. I go, why? He goes, because, and again, told me in, he goes, because I don't know what the unknown holds for me. I know the known of what my dad's like. And that's what I think is holding me, so, right? So it, I, that's exactly what it is. Because it is, it's, it's frightening. So I'm doing this opening up, I'm doing this CrossFit thing, and it's like, whoa, and I'm like, oh, that's weird. That's, that, wow, wow. Yeah, it's expansive, and it's like, it's like it's ease. It's like, well, I'm not used to that much ease. And that guy, though, is kind of like, that little guide there. And then, and then so those people that are really caved, like when I, oh, I was saying, so I, I did this with a fibromyalgia group. I said, if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do it with fibromyalgia and really see what happens. It was phenomenal. And there, as I said, they were on the ledge, talked them off and gave them like, wow, I can move away from the ledge this far, you know, much further than I ever have. But just like you say, but then if they're not with me where I'm showing them how to regulate more and more, life does this to them again. That's right. It's almost like they have to stay connected. They don't have to stay connected forever. They have to stay connected until there's something that we have called an ACE card. So there's people that walk into us that are in severe pain. And if I had an operating table, you'd say I'd put them on it and say, do you need to have surgery? But what I noticed was all these people, they can't focus. They're taught. They go from one topic to another, to another, to another. And when they're sitting there, they're trying to sit and be what they should be, right? sitting and paying attention, looking me in the eyes, sitting up properly, whatever it is we think is the right way to be, but they're moving constantly. When I recognize that, when I recognize that, I said, okay, look, it appears that you're, what I found is they want to either stand, they want to walk, or they want to kind of sit. And they, they need um, uh, to take a little weight off. And what they're doing is they're doing those three things incredibly quickly, but they're being held by their mind saying, yeah. like, if I get close to them, hey, I have to look you in the eyes. Okay, if I'm in front of you, I can't look like this. But yet their body wants them to look like this. 
And I said, so we have a bunch of shoulds. Here's what we should do. And I would say, you're shooting all over yourself. <laughs> right? and, then, and then what we'll do is I said, I'm going to regulate you right now. I said, you're not comfortable, right? He goes, no. I said, okay, that, that was three seconds. Go, what do you want to do next? Stand or sit? Because they were walking. Okay, I want to stand. Okay, stand. And what they'll do, there's a look. And they'll start talking to me, trying to avoid the pain. Not avoid it. They're trying to do something else besides feel it. Huh. Right? Distract themselves from it. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. And they're now stood there for 10 seconds. In seven of those seconds, they were getting worse. And I say, you're getting more pain, aren't you? How do you know that? I go, you need to move. And I said, that's what I'm going to teach you. I'm going to teach you how to regulate when you go, I don't need, I shouldn't be staying here. Even though my mind's saying it would be impolite for me. To right, 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 right. Socially inappropriate, right. Correct. And when they have that, and they've retaken the regulation, literally in 20 minutes, 50% of their entire, what they would have been gone to surgery has changed. By six hours, they're doing it at home and realizing when they're doing it, it's a life changer. And almost sometimes those people heading for surgery, I can have more of an effect on just by getting them to regulate and see, because the body, like I used to say, what was your favorite position to, to get comfortable? And they all say, lay down. And then I'd say, okay, well, they, and I, for the longest time I tested this and I'd have them lay down and they're oh, oh, my. laying down was good. They go, oh no, once I get there, put my heating pad on me, take my pills. <laughs> so I realized, so I realized static wasn't necessarily the thing. Was, and, and when somebody comes in and they're all over the place, they're bouncing all over the place. They need yep. to bounce all over the place. And think about how I many times when I talk about, when I have an, an unknown, I need to talk and bounce all over the place until I get focused on something. Right? It, it's regulating to that one point, the thing that you're looking at. And when we did those three motions, it was, it, it, like I said, it's the ace card now. And the same exactly. kind of thing that we're talking about is all you and I are trying to get them to do is, I don't think regulate is, what's a regulator within the body? We're trying no, to get Because you're, you're trying to get their, their um, consciousness to stop regulating it and let their body inform them to accept the message that I don't need to be sitting here right now, dude. Why are we sitting here? Right? Ooh, I like so they're they're they've, they're been, letting, they've been letting their brain regulate their body and they right? let, their their opinion of of what I should be doing, which is like this. I look I operate on this. People go, should I do this, doctor? I said, look, I should and shouldn't is a moral axis. I operate on the isn't, isn't axis. It's different. It doesn't, those are two different functions. I am not working on the should and shouldn't. You shouldn't be either. You should be. I, I told, I, there, I had this lady with, okay, she has another anxiety patient, okay? Uh -huh. She was debilitated. She got in, a, she got T-boned and her husband was in the car. She was driving. She got T-boned by a 16-year-old driver who wasn't very good at doing what she was trying to do, which was not run into people, I suppose. Yeah. So, but one of the things she said, she had this vibration that was starting or like her diaphragm would be doing this. It just started doing this. And she's like, she's like, that's my anxiety. And then she would have a positive feedback cycle in where she's not accepting the message. I said, this is the door. It's just a knock on the door. It's telling you a message. The body is informing you and you're supposed to accept the message and then it can stop knocking. So answer the door and accept the message. Okay. The message is not what your interpretation is. So the guy who's sitting there and he's all in pain and doing the crazy thing, he's like, he's getting the signals, but he's not 
accepting that's the message. I like that. Accept the, so, from the, accept the message from the body. The brain, there's two different entities here. The, the brain's not accepting what the body is. It's yeah. only accepting their interpretation. False interpretation. So it's like this. I shouldn't be doing what the I believe the body's telling me to do. Right. Yeah, there you go. Right? So as soon as they accept the message, the signal can stop. The knocking will stop. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's just craziness. And it's like that lady, I was like this. It's like, this is funny. I said, I'm, I'm having to do all the work, right? So I'm like sitting there with her and her husband. And it's like, I said, what's the message? What's the message? And she's, she's interpreting <laughs> it wrong. Because she would, she would tell her husband that it's like this. Um, he's driving. She can't drive. And it, it's like, she says, you should drive carefully. It's dangerous. And it's like this. I said, that's good advice. Every time she says that, you say, that's excellent advice. Driving is dangerous. Right? Ooh, and then accept the message. And what's the message that the body's trying to tell you? You were in an accident. Driving is dangerous. That's the message. And it wasn't your fault. Mm. Once you accept the message, no more messenger is necessary. Oh, right? yeah. All right. That's all. And so, so I think this dismantling this part, which is what you're talking about, you're, you're acting as the regulator of this part to right. allow this body to do what it needs to do to drop the tension. Because there's, see, this, is, this goes to the back to this tension patterns, right? So it's like this pretension of being polite versus the tension of being in pain. That's the instability that you're witnessing when he's. Ah, dissonance pattern when he's on the chair, right? It's just a hot seat. Pain, nice. Polite versus pain, right? Yeah, don't be polite. Just be comfortable. That'd be better. You can be, when you're comfortable, you can be properly polite. But when you're uncomfortable, you're trying to be polite, and that's not cutting the mustard at for anybody, man. It's just rude. Oh, that's awesome. Man, this has been cool. Very cool. It's all right, man. So like that, we just could do crazy things and, and it's entertaining. It's, 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 I tell people, look, I get paid a lot of money to deal with the nonsense, but I don't get paid to deal with patients. Okay. I do the patients for free because <laughs> it's like, I like the patients, right? Yes. yes. And it's like, I wouldn't do it if it weren't for the patients. And I'm like, okay, maybe unless I, and I, if I, if I figure out something good enough to teach people like you're doing, I might be able to get into that game. That's a whole nother story. I'm sure you can help me. Yeah, you know, actually, one of the things since I've been a kid is like, so last night I spent two and a half hours on one of my students because he did, he's one of these, let me step back even further. When I was in school teaching, one of the first things I learned was I put a bunch of kids at the board. I had this huge giant whiteboard. I put a bunch of kids at the board and I, I think six or nine kids, six kids. And I put, I said, we're going to do this big, long math problem. And then I want the rest of you to stand behind the person that resembles the way you do a problem. Well, that's cool. Right? And what I learned was that the people who had the best grades were doing it the exact, like I stood behind the person that did it like me, right? And then everybody else did. And those guys had the best grades because they thought and turned like me. And I was like, okay, I need to know this way, this way, that way, this way. Or I don't need to know. I just need to ask them, hey, what are you doing? My wife does math completely different than I do. Huh. And it fascinates the hell out of me. And my boy, one of my boys, I got two boys and four girls. One of my boys, when I sit and listen to him and tell me what you meant, it's unreal. 
And I was like, that's really cool. So I can extract from him. So I had this guy that likes the total motion release concept, but he just has this need, which I understand because it was mine early on, is that, but I have to turn it into mine, right? But he's got the concepts there. And I said, all right, well, just tell me, take me through a, take me through a session that I would be doing with you. It took me a while to extract it, but I said, you're in the quicksand, so you can't necessarily just structure the machine. But we literally laid out, again, it was just kind of the seven steps, but the seven steps were a little different, um, but the same, <laughs> all right? And at the end, he was just throwing in a different exercise than what I was doing on it, but he couldn't see it. And that's, that's one of the things I love to do. I probably could take you, because I've taken several business people, and I, I'd say, boom, what's your topic? What's your topic? What's your thing? Because most of the time, each of us have something beautiful of a path that we take, except we don't quite know the path. We do it. We're doing it all the time. We can't see it. Okay. The body's doing it, but the mind's not seeing it yet. That's right. That's right. Whenever you're ready to teach something, and you just tell me where it is. I'll give you a heads up, man. I appreciate it. Give me a heads up. It's a blast. So. Great. Well, thanks, Tom. I appreciate you taking a minute with me and, and, and riffing around and playing tennis or whatever you call that. <laughs> it's just funny. That, that was amazing. Yeah, that, that, you know, I, I was sucked in when you had Dave Gold on here too, and I couldn't pull out, right? Of the, I ended up watching the whole entire thing. I said, this is really cool. I didn't know what to expect when we got on, but this was really cool. So thanks. For, I enjoyed it too. And, and I appreciate you taking a minute and perhaps we'll chat again. All right. I, I hope so. Thank you. Yes, sir. You have a good evening. All righty. Bye now. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Best Medicine Podcast with Bradley H. Werrell, D.O. Don't forget to hit like and subscribe below, either over there or over there. Also, if you're interested in a medical consultation with myself, there's also information below.